Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, and I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Hmm. Today is Tuesday, March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Happy St. Patrick's Day. This is unfortunately a holiday known for uh, intense revelry, parades, and drinking, and general cavorting rather than quiet contemplation in the privacy of our homes. <laughs> oh, be better if it was one of those holidays, right? Like a, a deeply religious holiday where we could uh, review our sins of the past and refresh and make new. I went to the uh, Hardware store the other day, I mentioned that I went to in search of sweet pea seeds and got those. And there was a, another couple in there buying paint, um, you know, like house paint. And I thought, you know, that's actually a really good activity for right now. I wonder how many people are doing like home repair things that have gotten put off. Definitely a good time to repaint the living room. Or uh, our portal seriously needs to be sanded and stained. So that could be something I would do. It's not a very nice day today. Um, we have a storm coming in. So it's very overcast today and only about uh, 38 outside, I think, which is why I'm back inside, alas. But I did get out there yesterday afternoon, and it was just lovely. It was... Um, you know, like our first really warm, still afternoon. And I had a couple of calls that I had to do, some things to take care of. But I did get out there for an hour and got my sweet pea seeds planted. You are all relieved to know that. It's not exactly on St. Patrick's Day, but I figure taking advantage of the beautiful weather to do it the day before, it works, right? So, uh, so yeah, got my seeds planted and did a little bit of garden cleanup. I didn't do a ton of stuff since I only had about an hour. By the time I got out there, the um, sun was starting to go down. Breeze was picking up, getting a little cool. David was out there hanging up his new bluebird house that he made. I'll post a picture of it. I think it looks pretty good. It's his prototype. And he'll refine from there. But it, um, yeah, we hung it up. We're, we put it in a place where we think the bluebirds probably will not come to start, which is sort of off the portal near the front. But we'd be able to see them there. The We do have another bluebird nest box that we bought that's over sort of around the back of the house by the driveway on the other side of the grape barber, which is why I can hear the bluebirds when I'm sitting in the Great, Barbara. Those of you who listened last summer will have remembered hearing the baby bluebirds chirping as they were fed. But we'd like to see if we could see them a little better. And we were want to test if they actually like this bluebird house. So we're sort of doing um, a series of, of testing. We'll see if they like this spot and then if they don't, we'll move it and try a different spot and do some experiments. 
but he ordered a uh, drill press to work on to be able to do more of them one of the things we had to do with our bluebird house is you there's a particular size hole that the bluebirds like it's they're very specific about it and the one of the woodpecker varieties we have several kinds out here that will do it had been working at enlarging the hole on the birdhouse so i'd gone online and i'd ordered you could this is enough of a problem that you can order these things, these little um, sort of a plate that you can put over it that's a piece of copper metal with the correct size hole and a thin plate sort of on a wooden block. And then you just screw that on over the hole. And then the, um, the pecker birds can't come in and try to enlarge the hole. Well, they could try, <laughs> but they can't peck through this bastard. So he's going to be doing that, making the birdhouses with that thing on there already. So that's a good project. It was nice to be outside, be in the sunshine. It felt, um, you know, we've had a cool enough spring and winter, I guess. Usually we have some nice days by like February and we can get out and we just haven't had those yet. So you know, you get outside and you can just sort of feel that sunshine on your skin and it feels um, delicious and like it, it is making the human chlorophyll in your cells grow. I may have been writing too much of my heroine, Leah, who is, uh, well, I guess... It's, a, it's kind of a spoiler if I say anything. I guess I won't say anything. If you haven't read Orchid Throne, you don't know. So, anyway, Promised Queen, third book, Heroine is Leah, is uh, Euthalia. It's coming along pretty well. I'm at um, 72,000 words or so. I believe that's correct. And yesterday was a little slow. Um, I've kind of hit a slow point, haven't I? I'm still getting 3,000 words a day, though, so that's good. Um, I started late yesterday. I've kind of been starting late overall. I, it might be still the time change since I don't set an alarm. And I'm also dealing with my treadmill stupidity. Um, I just burn through these under-desk treadmills. I, I keep them lubricated, but I guess I just use them more than most. Um Last year, I replaced it last June, so it's not even a full year old. And I had a choice between buying the sort of standard one and the heavy-duty one, and I cheaped out, <laughs> and I guess I shouldn't have. But, you know, the the standard one was $700, $684 or something like that, and the heavy-duty one was like 1600 so... I was like, oh, I don't want to pay that much more. But now my motor has gone out and I am having the worst time getting a hold of lifespan. And I don't think it has to do with COVID-19. Um, I think that it's because I, I first started trying a couple of weeks ago. And I finally got someone at Lifespan on the phone yesterday, and he said, oh, they'd been changing over their website, and that's really weird that service hadn't replied to me. And then he gave me the service department's direct email address, and he gave me 
there. Um, and he said, I'll transfer you over. So he transferred me over and it did that thing where it sounds like somebody starts to pick up and then clicks it off again. He said there was only one guy on there. So I was like, okay, maybe one guy's busy because that is because of COVID-19, you know, they're, you know, he said they were short staffed They're over in Utah. And I said, well, you know, I understand that. I just want you to ship me a motor. I did make sure that um, the people who could come and install the motor, I talked to the gal there and they're still working, you know, cause they just send out texts to places. And she said, you know, we feel like we can keep going as, you know, as long as everybody's very careful, they don't require, you know, like large groups to get together and to conduct their work. So, you know, I said, if, if I can just get this motor, because I think it's under warranty. <laughs> but um, so I, I, after I got disconnected from service, I sent an email and they didn't reply, didn't reply. And at the end of the day, I looked at my spam folder and it had come back as undeliverable. So I'm like, what the hell? So I called them back this morning. They're ostensibly, their phone lines are open from um, 9 a.m. Eastern. So, and now it's 10 a.m. Eastern. Then I got the voicemail, I think, of the guy I talked to yesterday. So, <laughs> uh, that's a, I don't know if they're just taking advantage of, who knows? Who knows what's going on? Because clearly they stopped, they weren't responding to me long before at least this became, you know, sort of the state of emergency and all of that. So, I don't know what the deal is. The Helping hand people, the techs in Albuquerque said that they could, they could do it for me, but it would probably cost me in the neighborhood of eight hundred dollars between the service call and and buying the motor outright. So I suppose at some point I will give up and do that. Either that or just order a whole new treadmill from somewhere else. When I'm into that much money, that's like, it's ridiculous. That's, you know, as more cost effective to just buy a $700 treadmill every year <laughs> or less than every year than to repair it. Our, our wasteful society. Of course, if these things are being made in China, <laughs> that might change, right? interesting to see how this shifts the ep economics so i am back to um using the treadmill in the bedroom which we use for running and rigging up my system so that i can keep walking while i write but that one was kind of acting like it didn't want to they, they these two are awfully well synced and that one was kind of getting tired of me going at slow paces Alas, alack. So, that's where I stand. I'm tempted to just buy a new under-desk treadmill. It was funny because I was chatting with Kelly Robson this morning and she bought a fancy new hairdryer. And she's, uh, you know, working from home from her condo in Toronto. And she said, I might be feeling a little stressed. <laughs> and... And I said, perfectly understandable. And it's funny because it, it's an 
unfortunate thing that um, our very capitalist society takes advantage of, I think, but that buying things gives us a sense of power and control. You know, you pay your money and you get the thing. And that's a straightforward transaction. You know, it, it gets more difficult after that with things like warranty, where you're like, you know, <laughs> you, you're not taking care of this product that you sold to me the way you promised me you would. But, you know, otherwise it's like, I want to give you my money and you will give me this thing and then I will have control of that. Which I think is why it's disconcerting for people when they go to the store and the things are not available. You know, it's like, wait, wait, this is my my capitalist society promise, right? That we should have, that here I am with my money and you don't have this thing that I'm used to being able to buy. Kelly mentioned that uh, she realized that they were out of shampoo. She said after they'd been so careful to stock up on everything that they were out of shampoo. <laughs> and I said, you know, it's funny what you forget. David uh, went to Trader Joe's yesterday for a few fresh things, fresh items, you know, some lemons and bananas, that kind of thing. And he said they were perfectly well-stocked, you know, not like our little neighborhood grocery store. So I think as long as people are, you know, reasonable about it, it's not that we can't go out at all. We just need to, um, you know, minimize the, the social interactions, try to flatten the curve, prevent the spread. I noticed with um, San Francisco putting the shelter-in-place restrictions yesterday that even with that, which is the second most strict it can be, the the last one is then, you know, like the martial law, but sheltering in place, people can still go to the park as long as they don't interact with other people or at least not close up. And they can still go and get groceries or go help tend other relatives. So, you know, it's not... It's not that restrictive. I think it's mostly the the psychological thing. And as Kelly observed, that it's it's weird to be waiting, to be, you know, sort of sitting here waiting to see how it's gonna turn out. But I'm I'm feeling very fortunate that that I do have my writing, that you know, I am deep into writing this book. And that the other aspects of my business are all online and electronic. You know, that the money comes in from the book sales and I can upload books to the retailers and so forth. So that it, um, yeah, it's, it's not that difficult for me. My life is, um, I was on a conference call yesterday with people Actually, around the world, there was someone in London and someone in San Francisco (laughs) and a couple of people on the East Coast. And it was funny because we were all talking about like what it was like where we were. And then we settled down to business and the gal in London said, she said, it's just, it feels so hard to talk about anything else. And I think I'm feeling that way too. I know that I'm talking about a lot on this podcast but I feel like it's important to sort of capture the day-to-day um, 
experience of, of going through this. My mom commented, she said, you know, in her um, blankety blank years that she's never gone through anything like this. And I wonder if that's, I mean, I think that's probably true. She went through polio. She didn't have it, but she went through the polio scare. And she's talked about, you know, remembering that summer where they were not allowed to swim in swimming pools and feeling very sorry for themselves and having friends who, who did contract polio. But I think it didn't feel like this, um, you know, where this is sort of the, um, it's not like you can just avoid a swimming pool. And I think that makes it difficult. And also, you know, the um, with the long incubation times and the lack of testing, we just don't know. We're, we're sort of in this period of great uncertainty, waiting for the hammer to fall. And ironically, the best uh, thing that we can hope for is that it's a giant fizzle, right? That it remains confined to those hotspot areas and does not turn into a, a raging epidemic here in the U.S., which is a funny thing to hope for, especially when there are people being obnoxious about it. I um, I might post something to social media. I think I will. I'm, I'm getting very tired of people talking about it being a hoax or, you know, people saying that it's no worse than a flu or a cold. I'm just blocking and unfriending right off. With the exception of one family member who was positing that this was like an urban legend, wanting to know if anybody actually knew a real person who had coronavirus. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. You know, I hope I hope you can just live your life and continue to um <laughs> you know that that we will save your life for you <laughs> so yeah i don't think i have much else to report um hopefully today will go a lot more smoothly uh, that was the other thing is i was just writing slow yesterday although i ended up you know what I mentioned before, for those of you who listen every day, on Thursday and Friday, I was going slow. And I think that I was working through a couple of more difficult scenes. And I'd still been getting the 3,000 words a day, but I think it was rougher because yesterday, the first couple of hours that I worked, I was only getting like 500 words an hour. But, you know, it was because I was going back and reworking those previous chapters. I needed to... Uh, smooth and layer on those. So that makes sense. I think today will be faster. I think I'm through that and able to just lay down words today. So we'll see how that goes. So I hope you all are doing well, um, sheltering in place or um, social distancing. The first cup of coffee is part of the Follick Media Podcast Network. And you will find more podcasts you'll love at frolic.media slash podcasts. And I will talk to you all on Thursday. Take care. Bye-bye.